I'm going to argue with Jason that there's no such thing as a double switcheroo. Eh, Frank's a loser. Lodero. So I officially hate like 94% of Atlanta fans. Guys, I'm going to make you set down your teacups and take your pinky fingers and put them back into the fist that they need to be in because this has gotten far too cordial. I lost to the freaking cat team. Just a whisker. A whisker of a loss. Was that a rational RSL take from Jason? <laughs> hey, I, I, I'm probably the most rational RSL fan. You just got lawyered by a non-lawyer, bro. Hello, fantasy managers, and welcome to the 2019 Round 17 episode of the MLS Fantasy Insider Podcast. This episode is brought to you by MLS Fantasy. Yes, there really were games last week, <coughs> Andrew Weeby. I mean, sorry, <laughs> no. Uh, actually, brought to you by MLSFantasyBoss.com and the amazing subreddit community of r slash fantasy mls i'm your host reed Connolly, and tonight i'm joined by usual co-host blaine riffle plus one with little lily and also we'd like to welcome our very special guest matt pollard from last word on soccer how are you guys doing tonight i'm doing well and matt is coming to us live via via satellite from from new mexico as he's traveling around tonight i don't know about satellite yes i'm in hobbs new mexico that's less than 10 miles from i guess the the north south panhandle border i'm like maybe two hours away from lubbock and about an hour and a half away from the midland odessa area and i'm dealing with some wells and as we as we talked before we hit the record button some very peculiar and very sitcom-esque uh technical difficulties <laughs> that's right that's right if you are a patreon listener you're gonna get like a portion of of what happened before this show sorry tonight i'm just sorry that i i didn't have it recording sooner uh but i didn't realize it was gonna gonna be as we were talking about our own version of mls fantasy insider the office so uh there's that and, I, and i'm sure i'm sure this is bouncing off. i mean you're on your phone now i'm sure this is bouncing off of a satellite somewhere so we're gonna make it count but uh whatever we're that's that's our little uh our, our little uh, little shtick that we're gonna go with. If, if Bobby was on the show, he'd, he'd hate what we're doing right now. He'd want to get right down the business, but fun times. Uh, guys, fantasy is back. The first round of the fall season under our belt. Uh, it was it was crazy. I know I already made uh, a botched move due to having a, a little busy weekend of, of spring cleaning going on, but let's talk about our team scores. So uh, Blaine, how'd you do? Yeah, 96 for the round. I, I'm in the top 1,000, I guess. Um, not too bad for a first week. Um, I think there were a lot of people in this uh, mid-90s to low 100s. And so I'm not too upset by this. Um, had, it felt like a, all those choices that I was making were just I had two options and I picked the wrong one all the way through. Um, got lucky with a couple of the last-minute transfers. Got burned by another one. Um, I went with Legette. I had Boateng in the lineup for LA Galaxy the entire week, and I saw Legette was starting. I didn't know if he was going to put him in, lost a few points there, replaced him, uh, was able to switch a into Felipe Gutierrez, who played, and Johnny Russell did not. So I was able to salvage some points in different places. Um, could have been better, but I'll take, the, I'll take the 96 to start the season. Matt, how'd you do? Oh, just one behind Blaine. I had 95 points. Uh, as longtime listeners to the show know, uh, I'm a big fan of Switcheroo. So uh, Steve Clark came up big for me in 
the clean sheet for Portland Timbers. And I was kind of on the fence about a couple of the options that I had within the Chicago Fire against Real Salt Lake game. And then also looking at um, FC Dallas hosting Toronto FC. As soon as I saw Pozuelo wasn't playing in the game, uh, I swapped out Drew Moore, who I had on the bench for um, Brezelen. Yeah, that works. Rezan Ellie, I hope I'm pulling 15 points off the bench for me. That was pretty fantastic. Um, and I was kind of going back and forth between captaining Diego Valerian, Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Went with my gut just maybe a minute before the LA Galaxy FC Cincinnati game kicked off and went with Diego Valeria, and I am very happy about it. <laughs> oh, man, that was that was my big thing, too, is I had the captain on Valeri and back, bouncing back and forth. Uh, between Fernandez and, and Valeri. And I ended up going with Fernandez myself because I, I feel like that's what most people did. And if that was the wrong call, then then maybe I could I could last it. But I should have stuck with my gut. Like I love the offensive minded creative midfielders and and it bit me this week. Uh, I got ninety four points myself. Not too bad. My biggest blunder was I was I was busy doing some some cleaning around the house. You may be able to notice some changes in the background here and some maybe some junk behind me of where I was kind of cleaning some things up. Uh, and the Sporting Kansas City Columbus game popped up on my phone. I flipped it out to check to see if one of my value budget defenders was indeed starting, and uh, that was Barath. And I was like, "Yeah, he's in there. Awesome. Let's get back to cleaning." Game goes on. I check the score and I go hold up now, why is Johnny Russell not in, in this game? And I totally didn't even look at that at that midfield, and, and I so I got bitten by that that Russell, so I actually only had 10 players play this week, which, you know, I mean, I'll, I'll take, I'll take my, uh, my lumps early and get over that. I still made $2.6 on my value building, and fellas, I think that's the name of the game right now. Do you, do you happen to check out how much increase you had in your team value? I think I think two point yeah. seven was about average for people. I, I had a two point seven, and I'm happy with that. Um, I forgot my biggest blunder of the week. I can't. I just I'm trying to block it out of my mind. That's why I went with the Zlatan captain. Ooh, no, that and, is huge. And and still to, still got a ninety six with the Zlatan captain. So my week, like I'm re- happy with the way the rest of my week went. Had I done something different, I would have been a little happier. For sure. Uh, I mean, the rest of my team, I, I feel like I said, that sporting, I would have clearly switched to one of the, the sporting Kansas City value players because Russell was 9.5. But I had Valeri, I had Pomacol, I had Stares, I had Villafania, I had Barath, I had Katai. All those guys right there, the lowest scoring was eight. So so that was fantastic. I went with Kronholm and Goal from Columbus, or sorry, from Chicago, because I didn't really care. Uh, I mean, I was just trying to get a keeper that was cheap and played to move some of that money into what I hope was going to be a baller midfield. And uh, it, it was for the ones who actually played. So um, did you see your value increase, Matt? Uh, I went up to 2.1, a bit of a little bit lower than you guys. And most of the net losses I had relative to you was, I didn't mention this earlier, but when I was kind of teeter tottering on who to go with the Chicago fire, um, I kind of, Went with my gut again, and this time I was wrong. I went with Nico Gaetan over Alexander Katai, and he went down from 10 to 9.5. But if you can get out that loss, I'm right where you guys are. Um, and, you know, credit to Katai for getting the goal. I just wish he would have gotten it for me. <laughs> 
Yeah, and that was that was one of the big decisions I had to make this week. And I know a lot of you guys said who were listening is how how to stretch that budget, and and that was a fortunate one that I made uh, trying to save that that uh, I guess one million right there nine versus ten, and so switching some of that up. But I know there was a lot of talk between Katai and Gaetan. There was a lot of talk about Pazuelo, uh, which which you mentioned. My he wasn't even in the lineup right there. Well, he wasn't he wasn't he was in the eighteen. He wasn't in the starting lineup right there. So it. It was just kind of crazy, which you can expect. We'll get to a follow-up question about that later on in the show, uh, which you guys might be able to guess. But quick update on uh, the head-to-heads. Mike lost to Sherry from Patreon, a great a great follower. We're going to try to get her in on the show soon. Uh, 99 to 105. Blaine, you beat Jason Seguini. Holla, there you go, 96 to 88. I lost to Steve McPherson, who was on the show with us just last week, stealing all my secrets. That's what was going on right there, 94 to 111. Um, and then I, I forgot. And Oh, that's right, Matt. Who did you beat? Um, I beat uh, Placeholders FC and the uh, and the absolute tire fire that is Andrew Weeby's fantasy team, who got a grand total of zero points because he had no players. So, you know, at least Trinidad and Tobago had the decency to show up for 60 minutes against the United States men's national team. But, like, I'm here, I'm thinking, all right, I lost to Weepy in the first round. I got trolled on Twitter for it. I've been waiting for redemption for, like, six months, and I'm at the playground, and the school bell rings, and he's nowhere to be found. And, like, the ref's just like, all right, you win by forfeit. You know, like, I got – I had no satisfaction in my victory. You know, re- revenge is a dish not served well if the dish never shows up. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Hey, he's he's earning, he's earning the the place that uh, he's the weeby. That's what it is. Last place player in our league is the weeby. Make it happen, guys. If you are in a fantasy league and someone's doing awful, they're the weeby. Let's get it trend trending on Twitter. Hashtag the weeby. Forget about the wooden spoon. We we know what it really is. You know what it is? Maybe can I'll we even... make a wooden spoon and then name it the Weeby and then send it to Andrew Weeby at the end of the season? We probably can't. Like, should it be a spork? Like, maybe a wooden spork? Can get that? Is, that... is that too? We follow like the Portland Timbers route, and we let's get like a small piece of like a like a section of of wood and just write the Weeby and send it. To... I don't know. We'll figure it out. If you have ideas for what kind of trophy should become the Weeby, let us know. Uh, Contact me on Twitter at MLS Fantasy Boss or or one of the other guys here. Let us know your ideas for what the Weeby should be to just to really make this thing come to life. Uh, let's let's open that up a little bit. Let's get some design ideas. I mean, I'd be willing to go in for an MLS Fantasy Insider scarf and trade a scarf for the Weeby Trophy. If oh, we can do that. Yeah, three D printing action going. Yeah, if somebody wants to make a Weeby Trophy, prototype it. We'll. We'll pick a winner. We can throw it out there for you, and I'll fund the scarf. So I will trade somebody a scarf for a trophy if you want to make us the Weeby. We will see. I just got some new swag. Big announcement for the Patreon crew. I'm going to do a separate video later on. I ordered some new special swag to help expand our uh, our, our offerings at the different tiers. I usually send the swag out in the fall half of the season so I can make sure I get everything collected and shipped in. So uh, that will be coming. So. So I'm going to try to get out to everybody, and I appreciate you guys so much. Uh, there were only – so, okay, I got a message. There, there uh, we didn't have the Patreon League actually start in round 16 as I planned. And that's because – had some messages. That's because 
uh, we had some more people join since the season started and I couldn't get them added in after the beginning of spring. So I upped the cap so that we could get more members in. But unfortunately, we only had 63 of 64 teams when the round started and I overlooked it. I thought we had all 64 people lined up. And because we didn't have a full lineup of head-to-head players, it did not move forward with starting the the, the accumulations for for the goals and the points and I whatever the points were. And uh, and so it delayed us to starting on round 17. So I've got it taken care of now. We've got 64 of 64 teams in the Patreon head-to-head league. That's awesome. You guys are awesome. So everything's going to kick off in round 17 as your first head-to-head points matter league in Patreon. So we'll send out the, the awards again. Congratulations to everyone who won the gift cards uh, from from the MLS Fancy Boss League, the R slash Fancy MLS League, and the Patreon Head to Head League. So, uh, guys, we if, if you're listening to the show and you never had before, I gave out over two hundred dollars worth of prizes for the first half of the season. Going to do it again the second half of the season. Plus, the patrons are getting all kinds of swag sent out to them. So it's it's cool. It's it's a way the the donations help support the show. We get back. It makes it more fun, and it's it's great interacting with all the fans with uh, how much this podcast helps them. So that's what it's all about, community building, community building. But now that that's enough of the mushy stuff. We've, we've got it out. We know what's going on. If you scored triple digits this week, you did awesome. Uh, it, the average score was in the low 60s. I think for the average score, people who are really hardcore into fantasy who are really really working on trying to get the most out of their teams. I think you're looking more in the 90s like a lot of us got. Uh, highest scores were in in the 130s this week. Highest score in our league was uh, uh, Kyle and Jessup. Kyle from the MLS Fantasy Boss behind the numbers team and Jessup Gage, one of our patrons, got 119 points. So uh, it's our head-to-head is a, is a beast. It's a beast of the league. Let's talk round 16, guys. We didn't have a lot of games, but still had some pretty interesting – I think takeaways from this. So uh, tell me what are your, usually we do three to five, but with so few teams, maybe, maybe two to three most surprising fantasy moments from round 16, Blaine. Um, No, I didn't get to watch a whole lot of the week. Um, I think one of the surprising moments was a Zlatan two when LA scored two goals. I mean, that's just, Feast your famine there, and I mean, it's kind of been buzzing around Twitter a little bit. But Jet said he's a little bit of an emotional person anyway, or Zlatan's a little bit of an emotional person, and maybe he was a little too emotional after the game. Um, don't know if that's going to upset the L.A. locker room or anything, just kind of a weird MLS takeaway there. But maybe that's rattling a couple of the L.A. players, how emotional he gets. Even though it was a 2-0 win, most of the guys were happy. Zlatan was not. Well, we've got our LA expert here, Matt. Uh, I mean, I, I agree with Blaine's assessment that Zlatan is definitely an emotional player. And there, when things are going well, I think he feeds off of that. And I think he radiates that to his teammates and everybody feeds off of him with that. And when things are going poorly, he's a little bit isolated. And you saw, particularly on the first two goals, he wasn't really involved in any of the build-up play or anything really significant. Obviously, he was up top and center, so he, you know he was occupying you know the attention of probably the goalkeeper and at least one of the center backs for FC Cincinnati. But he wasn't really involved in the play. In that sense, he's kind of withdrawn. 
runs. So when Zlatan is good, he's he's center of attack of 18. This case, he's detached. If he's going to score, it's going to be entirely on his own. And the rest of the LA Galaxy attack is left on their own as far as trying to create something. Um, so from a fantasy standpoint, that's something to look at. In is this an individually a good matchup for Zlatan? Then I think you probably want to buy into Zlatan stock and then see maybe who other attacking option that you have for the LA Galaxy. And when that's not the case, I would steer clear or I would go with a bench option. I would say that the um, fantasy players, you know, who went with a um, who went with not Uriel and Tuna, but um, uh, Folio and then um, uh, Emma Boateng were probably very very happy. Um, I will say that this game was a little bit of an outlier from what we've seen from a trend standpoint for LA, LA Galaxy simply because the middle of the park was such a mess because Jonathan Dos Santos is away with El Tree for the Gold Cup. So I'm curious to see, especially with some of the late moves um, that Giovanni, um, that uh, GBS, excuse me, made towards the end of the window that are now fitting in with the team. What happens once Uriel Antuna, who's been the main underneath striker next to Zlatan starting and has been playing okay for El Tree comes back and what happens when things settle down from a possession standpoint for the Galaxy with Jonathan Dos Santos. For those reasons, I'm probably steering away from the LA Galaxy attack for the next couple of weeks until the Gold Cup comes up and I do not like them individually anywhere from a matchup standpoint against the San Jose Earthquakes this weekend at um, uh, Stanford Stadium. Great, great tips right there. I, I think that does touch on a little bit to what we mentioned last week in the show and what I was talking to with Jason Davis on, on Sirius XM last weekend was that one of the big concerns for LA seems to be who's going to provide the service to Zlatan. And without GDS right there to help control that midfield and get some of that service with the questions around Leggett and how that was going to be with even how he's played all this season. And uh, Alessandrini, of course, injured Without that service, what's happening? I think people like the FCC matchup. I liked it. I had him on my team as well, but he was, I think, definitely someone who we can understand why. I think that is one of the biggest fantasy takeaways from this round is just looking at that service from LA Galaxy. Uh, what else do you guys have for uh, most surprising fantasy moments or takeaways? I'll take either one at this point. Um, I guess one thing that I'll just throw in, Rita, I was really impressed with what FC Dallas did. You know, I think um, I, I was a little bit concerned what they were going to do once they had Paxton Pomichol out with the U-20s, and he came in, and he looked absolutely fantastic, and he's the straw that stirs the drink for them, and he's doing it at a very reasonable price. You know, I think he was $8 million going into the um, going into the second spring season. So I, from a greater MLS standpoint, I still have my doubts as to whether or not FC Dallas is going to be more than a bubble team. But if you're looking for reasonably priced young players who are going to play every single week and surprise you, I think FC Dallas is one of those. And against a shorthanded Eastern Conference team like Toronto FC, I would expect them to wreck ship on both sides of the ball. That's a great one. Yeah, I concur with the Dallas one. I do think they have a little bit more longevity than Matt may be giving them just the way they're playing right now. They've looked good. That was a clean sheet. Yeah, no Josie, no Pozuelo, but TFC still got some pieces. It's just, it's one of those, they're, I think they're going to be a good team. The other one I'd say is Colorado went up to Vancouver and got a draw. I think the only starter or maybe two starters, if you count uh, goalkeeper switch, because McMath has been starting um, was Henry was out with uh, Canada in the Gold Cup. That was a mostly first-team uh, Vancouver side. And Colorado went in there and took care of business, got a point on the road. Um, that's 
I mean, sure, they would have liked to win, but that's a that's a good win. Shinyashiki looked pretty good. Probably should have been sent off, but looked pretty good playing that kind of winger role. Um, young kids come in with a really low price tag on him. I actually switched him, had him in my lineup this last week when I thought that he was starting. It's like, why not? And paid off with an eight point there. But no, it's just Colorado's looking good uh, coming together as a team. Coaching change might have spurred this team into making the playoffs this year. Yeah, correct me if I'm wrong, Matt, that uh, Colorado is now 4-0-2 over the last six games, so no losses over six games? Uh, correct. Um, Connor Casey did lose his first game as interim manager, but then they've been undefeated undefeated in league play since then. They obviously had the loss um, to New Mexico United in U.S. Open Cup, which isn't relevant from an MLS fantasy standpoint. But no, I, I agree with Blaine. He's simplified things um, in the midfield that have helped on both sides of the ball. The uh, you know attacking plan is consistently get the ball to Kai Kamara, and if he doesn't score, he will set up somebody else to score. Andre Shinyashiki has been fantastic. I agree with you that Maybe a little bit of, you know, S housery on, on his part there, Blaine, but he's he's a chippy guy. You know, um, hashtag Andre Roy was trending on Rapids Twitter for Roy for um, Rookie of the Year. I've kind of been preferring Win Yashiki as opposed to Shin Yashiki, but they've got a bunch of really good, um, you know, young attacking options. And I'd have to look off the top of my head, but with... Um, uh, you have uh, Nicholas Mosquito, who's only $7 million. And I'm really curious to see once he gets back from the national team. Jonathan Lewis was, I think, $4.2 million when he was traded to NYCFC. And right now he's only at seven. You know, if you're looking for cheap midfield depth options, even for a switcheroo, Mosquito, who's scored a bunch of goals off of uh, Sam Nicholson or Jonathan Lewis, you really can't go wrong. You know, I'd probably just check to see, you know, who ends up starting and then have one of those options on your bench. They're going to be really viable going forward. So we don't have hashtag win Yashiki as, as being uh, something to go out there. Um, it is something to go on there, but I think everybody's more going for trying to get him rookie of the year, which I did guarantee on holding the high line earlier this season. So I guess if you're, if, if you're going to, for the Rapids winning via Shinyashiki scoring goals, it's hashtag WinYashiki. If you are rooting for Shinyashiki to get Rookie of the Year, I guess it would be hashtag Andre Roy. I think both would be acceptable given the current state of Rapids Twitter. I, don't know, I still like WinYashiki for winning Rookie of the Year. I know that's, that's fun. Yeah, no, great takeaway from Colorado, especially uh, with the game they have coming up and a great interview on Extra Time Radio recently with Tim Howard, I think giving a little bit of behind the scenes as to what kind of momentum those wins can mean for a team. Uh, for me, a big fantasy takeaway and a surprise this week. We had a, a little bit of conversation uh, last week about this, but it was uh, Steve Clark coming into the goal for the Portland Timbers. Uh, I think it was 4.5 million keeper at that point, 5 million keeper now was doing some good things in the, the Open Cup for Portland and continued to bring it in to last week. So there's a, a budget keeper option that came through last week and maybe – Maybe we'll see what these guys think about that coming up for uh, for this week as well. Uh, sorry, just a second. Um, otherwise, I think it was a pretty straightforward week. Am I missing anything else you guys want to point out? No, I think we got it. Uh, we besides some of those weird absences and and uh, some of the just just general strangeness of MLS. I mean, that's that's what it was. Four goals for Portland. I mean, we kind of saw that coming. But yeah, uh, a great little short week to get back into the fall season, uh, a, a nice way to, to build up. But like I said at the start of the show, guys, uh, I think if, if you didn't 
break triple digits this week. If you still made a couple two point something million for your team, I think that was the most important part. The first few weeks of fantasy need to be about budget building, in my opinion. So do you guys have any preferred budget building strategy? Some of the suggestions or, or questions I saw coming through on Reddit mostly revolved around, are you guys just going completely scrubs on your bench and trying to get everything you can? Are you trying to work in this value players on, on your bench to try to squeeze something out? Or are you worried that that's going to impact your team? What are your preferred strategies for building budget blank? I, this week, and this is a little different for a first round for me, but I went with kind of the shotgun approach uh, and grabbed, I had a couple of scrubs, but I went with a lot of cheap options that ended up paying off pretty big. Um, let's see. Uh, first one, uh, Barath was one of them for Sporting Kansas City, 4.5. I was just like, get a cheap defender who's going to start. I actually had that on Hasler thinking he was going to start over his Ducey, but it worked out nicely that I figured I could get one of the two. Um I went with a goalkeeper in Bingham that I thought was going to get me a clean sheet. I really like that lineup, that matchup. So I went with one of those clean sheet goalkeepers, and that was one of those. I think you had a few good options this week, a few good safe options that were pretty good, were going to be pretty reliable. But then I just kind of filled my team with some cheaper guys that had the nicer matchups. I didn't look at the super premium players. I mean, I guess Diego Valeri at ten point or yeah, ten point five for the week was my only premium midfielder, and then Zlatan was my only premium forward. Um, everybody else was under that. Uh, Gutierrez got me the, got me that point four. I just kind of, but then I, like I said, I grabbed Shinyashiki. I had Legette who lost value. I had Barrios who went up in value. Gaetan lost me some value there, but I went with a lot of guys that had some potential, but they didn't have to score a ton of points to go up in value this week. Uh, Ferreira for Dallas with the 13. I mean, starting at 6.5 being the Dallas striker, I went with that approach. And that is a, where I'm going with this. That's a pretty safe approach early in the season is if guys have had a decent average, have had a couple of recent games, because we do look at last season's or the first half of the season for value trending a little bit. You look at those guys, but you look at those guys who got reset to a lower value or the guys that are not at that super high value point yet because they have much greater chance of going up. I think we did the math, and if you double your value in points, you're going to go up. Um, even a Bubakar who started at a 5.5 went up 0.1 on a, on a four-point week. Uh, for a premium defender, that would be a, a, a four-point week would be a loss. So you start looking at that. I didn't grab any six, uh, 6.0 defenders because I didn't want to risk the loss, the loss on value. Um, across the board, I mean, Barrios was another one. Uh, started off at 7.5, went up 7.9. Uh, again, eight points. Didn't have to have a killer week. He had, I think, a, an assist or two assists on that one. I mean, he didn't do a ton. So shotgun it. Grab some of those guys. If you've got a, a few extra bucks, spend the money on a bench player that can get you something. Get the guys that you think are going to play and go up without a huge score. Yeah, and Blaine's right. Uh, we did look at the spring season for value trends, but I want to point out again, uh, if you if you missed last week's episode, and just to reiterate, the 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 last three games or the the past form of players at the end of spring have no impact on the value tra- on the value changes for 
this fall season. So it's all based on these first three rounds. The last rounds aren't impacting besides helping to set the starting price. So, uh, Matt, what about your preferred strategies? Um, longtime listeners of the show will know that I am a huge switcheroo fan. So normally I will load up my bench with switcheroo players. Normally they're all pretty cheap. None of them going into this week were more than 5.5 million. And generally early on in this season, I'll just pick teams that have viable options as far as really easy home matchups. So when we get to this week, for example, I've got three teams that I'm looking at that have DGWs and two home games in those DGWs. So I'm probably going to load up on those players and, and generally, I try to look for, if I just like a team as far as defensive matchup, I talked about FC Dallas, you know, no Pozuelo, no Josie in the starting 11 um, for Dallas hosting Toronto FC. Then I'll just say, okay, who's the cheapest defender who's in the starting 11 for um, FC Dallas, and I'll go with them. And then I wanted to hedge my bets, so I took out Drew Moore off the bench and then put uh, Brezzanelli in. You know, he got a couple of assists, and he got 15 points total. So that's how I generally go for it. I like – I go for good matchups for good players, and I go for good matchups for the cheapest players available. Yeah, no, that's a great one. I think for this second half of the season, if people are looking for value players on defense – that you're going to have to expand your definition a little bit to at least include some select 5.5 guys uh, like like Viafania last week uh, who, who got got some big points. So I, th- I think you have to expand your definition a little bit. I'm right with you guys. For me, I think the best opportunities for value gains come at the defensive position. They are cheaper at the beginning of the season comparatively to other uh, starting positions so with midfield and forwards. And uh, you can usually find some some cheap guys. And so if you find those cheap guys like Barath that we had this week, then they can benefit from those clean sheets that might happen. And if they don't do fantastic, you're probably not going to take as big of a hit because they're lowing starting value anyway. After that, I just go big with, with the forwards and the midfielders. Like get those big marquee names. Lots of times they're the guys who are going to be relied upon to produce. If you get a bonus point producer, that's going to be even better because they're going to help you with a higher floor to make sure that if they don't come away with the goal or or something big like that or an assist, that there's a a less of a chance of actually losing value because of the bonus point generation they can get. And as far as bench goes, I think at the beginning of the season, my preference later on is to have a couple of switcheroo or otteroo options on my bench, maybe even have three people that could, depending on what's going on or my budget. At the beginning of the year, I think you have to limit yourself. So to answer some of those questions, I'm more inclined to have either a skeleton bench with nobody there at all, or to maybe have one or two players on the bench that are pure value that I'm hoping maybe could uh, maybe come into my team or maybe are just sitting there because I'm like, Hey, that guy's a four or 4.5, or maybe even a 5 million player probably going to play. I don't think I'm going to actually try to get points from him, but if he gets a clean sheet, then I think I'm, I think I'm good. So uh, budget in the back, trying to go for those points and then a skeleton, deep, a skeleton bench at the beginning of the year, I think is one of the solid strategies for building your budget, which you should be doing. Over the next few weeks, I'd say at least two more weeks of budget building. Would you guys agree with that? Try to hedge your bets. I mean, you can go all in. If, you, if you're if you pick those guys that are going to be putting up awesome points, you're going to build the budget anyway. But if you're trying to be cautious, I think a couple more weeks of really thinking about uh, what's this player's score, what could his average potentially be, how is that going to impact, I think that could be helpful to then just open up your, your floodgates for the rest of the season and really make – 
back any kind of early game uh, slippage you may have had. Okay, guys, let's move on to our quick housekeeping section before we get into our round 17 picks. This is our Patreon housekeeping section. Thanks so much to all the patrons. Plugged a little bit early about the, the website there in our community. If you want to find out more, head over to patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash M-L-S-F-I and find out more about how you can get involved with this awesome group of people that we've been so just, just blessed to work with for the past few years. All right, so this is a double game week. It's it's back. You had a quick little little break, but now it's back, and it starts on Wednesday, June 26th, 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time with New England versus Philadelphia, which I think I'm looking forward to this match, definitely. So that's when it all starts, and it just keeps rolling in from right there. We have a bunch of double game week teams. So we've got New England, who has a double home game, Montreal, D.C., who also has a double home game. Toronto, San Jose, who has a double home game. Then we have Philadelphia, who has a double away game. Portland, Orlando with a double away game. Atlanta, and then Vancouver and Houston, both with double away games right there. So uh, definitely a combination of teams right there you want to look at. The double home games tend to be preferences for most people. And in general, we didn't mention before, but uh, double game week players tend to score about 1.5, uh, one and a half times their, their usual points or usual points you could expect from a week. So it's not a, a double of a score, but a little bit more there. Uh, buy teams, nobody. Nobody's on a buy. Everybody's in the mix this week. It's massive. It's going to be a great round. Switcheroo targets, now that's rough. That's rough. Had some questions come through on Reddit and Twitter about switcheroos. It's, it's going to be very very sticky as big double game weeks always are if you're going to try to hedge your bets and you want to see what the double game week score is then you're probably looking at atlanta montreal philadelphia and orlando and orlando's on the bubble right there but those are those at least those first three teams there you could potentially see all of their results and still leave yourself some some fodder some bench fodder field fodder to be able to make changes if you need it's even tougher when you can have your limited budget. So that, that's why Switcheroo is rough this week. But if you do look for some, some options, uh, you're looking at Columbus, RSL, LA Galaxy, Seattle. Those are some of the teams playing later in the week that should have 4.0 to 4.5 million option players to help you stretch your budget. But rough week for Switcheroos. Uh, you might be able to do one with the keeper fairly easily. But for the field players, it's going to be tough. So it's not something I'm really looking at this week, which is which is kind of odd. Uh, and then finally, Mike is not with us tonight. He did pass on his his uh, picks that I'll mention in our next section. But he did just want to say uh, for injuries, cards, and Gold Cup, not much has changed really from last week as far as Gold Cup goes, except that Honduras is eliminated already. So Houston could see their Hondurans come back after Wednesday's match. So that might be something that plays into uh, when you're considering San Jose this week uh, for the strength of potentially Houston later on, or maybe if you're considering New England, I don't know. Uh, and then also there is some more, there's a Barco watch going on. There's some questions about him potentially being injured. So, so keep an eye on that. Otherwise not a lot really happened to, to be worried about uh, just, just the usual call up shenanigans hashtag because MLS that goes on around this time. Uh, anything you guys want to add for injuries, call-ups, anything like that? 
A um, couple of names uh, throw out. Uh, Jordan Hamilton, potential if you're looking at a switcheroo, cheap bench option with the double game week. Um, with Josie being at the Gold Cup, he is one of the guys that gets the minutes for Toronto. Um, did I have a midfielder? I don't know if I had a midfielder or not. I'm just looking through some stuff. But he's he's one of those few switcheroo options I would keep in mind for anybody who is looking this week with, um, with all the call-ups and everything. All right. Well, there we go. So let's just start talking about players then, Blaine. Moving into our ESPN Plus Round 17 preview. If you haven't tried ESPN Plus yet, head over to MLSFantasyBoss.com. Right there in the sidebar, just at that same general area where the Discord chat is. Check it out. Uh, $5 a month. It's, it's pretty sweet to get a lot of easy access to uh, your MLS viewing. Uh, just It's fantastic. It's fantastic. Give it a shot. Uh, okay. Let's talk about this. Round 17, uh, let's start out a couple of quick questions you guys can just answer, whoever wants to. Do you have any hard and and fast players you're going to avoid for this round? Like, just definitely not, either of you. And no is a fine answer. Um, no matter how tempted you might be, avoid Dom Dwyer at all costs this week. Oh. Two road games, and he's not been starting. Um, as I was looking for budget forwards to in that mid mid-level price range he popped up to the top of the list but he is yeah he's a hard pass for me it's lily's bedtime and she is wanting to sit in here and podcast instead of go to bed t-minus five minutes before blaine gets yelled at matt what about you um i'm focusing more on maybe team-based look like i as far as looking at individual matchups so mm-hmm. especially with all the dgws and the two that i'm definitely staying away from even though i like them and had Two of their players um, on my fantasy team last week are Vancouver Whitecaps. They have two very unfavorable away games. They're at FC Dallas, and they have to fly then all the way back to almost home to play Seattle Sounders. Seattle Sounders, who do not have a midweek game. So you play against FC Dallas all the way down at Dallas, who we talked about being on a better run of form, and then you get to play a fully healthy and able body um, Seattle Sounders minus, I believe, Nico Lodera will still probably be out with Uruguay um, with the Copa America. Um, and the other one that I'm avoiding, even though I like them from a fantasy standpoint, to close out the spring season are Philadelphia Union. They have a DGW this week, but are also on the road. They've got to play midweek on turf against the New England Revolution. I've got a feeling Bruce Arena's got a few ideas cooked up his sleeve for Jim Curtin, and then they get to go play at the post stamp at Yankee Stadium. So I'd avoid the Philadelphia Union and the Vancouver Whitecaps almost in their entirety. If you're looking for a cheap option and you want to fill in somebody like maybe I find a defender that's worth it at $4.5 million, that's really about it for both those sides. I love that. This is going to be an interesting midfield discussion that we have. Uh, okay, what about uh, best game for points, Blaine? Or just a game that you're looking forward to with the most as far as fantasy potential? Um. Yeah, as weird as this may sound, I'm actually really intrigued by the New England-Philadelphia matchup to start the week. I'm glad I'm not the only one. Yeah, I think there could be a lot of fireworks in this one, and both sides. Like Matt just said, uh, Philadelphia of a hard avoid, but this matchup makes me kind of looking at like, oh, Philadelphia, especially if you're running switcheroos, they've got some moderately priced guys that you can put on your bench and see that first score before the nights for the, before the double game weeks done or double game week teams are done for the first game. Like there's some really good firepower here that could turn into a lot of points really quick. Matt. 
Um, as far as going for a single game week team, I'm looking at Minnesota United hosting FC Cincinnati. FCC did not look very impressive um, at all over the weekend against the LA Galaxy, despite all of Zlatan's pouting. So I would expect Minnesota United on you know a full week's rest, not really missing anybody significant um, from a call-up standpoint. And then Darwin Quintero. Um, I can't remember whether it was Open Cup or um, MLS Cup, but like he 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 broke the goalless drought that he was on that he was really doubting about. So I would expect Minnesota United attackers have a really good opportunity in this one, and I would definitely expect um, Michael Boxel and uh, Eichel Parra to close things down in the back with a clean sheet. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. It was uh, let's see here. He and I'm looking real quick through the lineup right here. Rodriguez. Uh, both of those players have been doing very well in Open Cup goals and assists back and forth for each other. Uh, that is definitely one of mine, Matt, right there, because Minnesota is playing FC Cincinnati. Could be a great week. They don't have a double, but I believe they have a double next week, or at least in the coming rounds, Minnesota does have a double. So this is uh, a form and a fixture that I'm really keeping an eye on for future fantasy planning. Uh, otherwise, also Blaine, yeah, I'm really going to see that New England-Philadelphia because of the, the form Philly's been on. But you got Bruce Arena, see how that matches up. And I'm also interested in San Jose versus Houston early on. Houston dropped for the Portland. I know Fernandez and Valeri is a beast of a combination. But you got Wando, who's doing just, just crazy scoring right now. And I'm really wondering if that could continue on in that Houston game. So definitely some interesting points. Let's talk players now, guys. Keepers, defenders, and shutout chances. Blaine, starting with you. Yeah, I didn't like this section this week. I struggled here a lot picking players. And it's always, yeah, it's always go with double game week, guys. I went with a tried and true favorite that I don't know if he's going to get the points. I think that first round could actually be really good for him. First game. And that's Vega is my keeper. 5.0 starter. Can't complain about that. I think he's going to be one of the cheaper double game week starters you can get. Two games, set him and forget him. It, it's not about the points. It's about saving money here. Um, beyond that, um, I like Hollingshead. He's coming off a nine-point game. Um, I think that's good for value building. A um, little bit more expensive, but he gets into the attack. Uh, two games. I don't trust Vancouver. I don't trust Vancouver. I think that's where his bulk of his points are going to come from. And so, yeah, I'm going to roll the dice with him. Um, TC's on a double home. Um, I'm pretty sure Pedrosa is going to start both games. That's kind of got the gut feeling there. 5.0 for a double home defender. I'll take it. And Zavaleta for Toronto is 4.4. Can't really complain with the double game week player under 4.5. I think he'll probably start both of them. I mean, it's a little bit speculative on these picks. But I'm going with cheaper options that I think are going to get me the value gains here or at least be able to hold their own and not hurt me too bad if they have some bad games. So I'm going that route for it. As far as clean sheets go... There's a lot of potential for clean sheets here. I just don't know where they're going to come up. TFC's not scoring, so Atlanta may get one at home. Atlanta's on the double, so that could be really good. But then it's Montreal with no Piatti, but it's still Montreal. They're, like, there's, just, there's too many options here. I'm not even going to try to predict clean sheets this week. All right, I've got some picks from Mike here. He sent them to us via Twitter. Uh, back on the, the uh, defensive side, uh, Mike is looking at Parkhurst as an option. He's looking at Bresnelli or Bresnell. I know I butchered that too, just like you did, Matt. Uh, he's got, um, let's see here. He's got Jara back from DC. 
He's got uh, Morera from Portland there on his team. He's got Nelson down on his bench, who was a he's listed as injured now. He did see some time before, so could come back for FC Dallas. And then he's got Coronel in at his goalkeeper right now from Philly. Four point five goalkeeper right there. Uh, Matt, who are you looking at? Um, I'm looking at, uh, you know, I, right now I'm still trying to build value. So I like home teams and I like home teams with two home games on a DGW. So you've got plenty of cheap options with uh, the New England Revolution. I would expect Andrew Farrell to start both games. Um, I mentioned him earlier, but also Michael Boxel um, for Minnesota United. That's just a one game. Uh, for Minnesota this week. I have some doubts a little bit about San Jose. Well, I do like their matchup. You've still got Nick Lima, who will be probably unavailable with the United States men's national team for the Gold Cup. So I'm probably, if I'm going for all in on defensive teams as far as that's concerned, I'm probably only going with one defender from the San Jose Earthquakes. Um, if you are willing to spend a little bit more money, probably DC United, uh, you know, Bill Hamid and all the guys they have, most of them are over $6 million. Um, And while I don't necessarily like their matchups, I like the chance for him to start all of the games in the DGW. I'd probably go with Michael Parkhurst, who's only 5.5 um, to start the fall season. Yeah, great options there. I think you have to be considering Atlanta as as far as your your defensive unit because they've just had this this massive uh, defensive presence at home. I think they're only allowing one goal every two games when they're at home this week, and uh, they're not double home, but but they've got some some good looking uh, opposition. So I think you have to consider Atlanta uh, for keepers though. I I'm looking at Clark again from Portland. Uh, he's he's 5.0 now. There could be rotation because of just what's going on with the double game week. But if you have Clark as your first keeper, you can see the lineup before it comes out. If he's not there, then you can then look to someone and pivot with plenty of time to maybe a Guzan for $6 million if you want to get in on that Atlanta form or even Vega. I think that's a good option as well. Uh, and then Mike made a good point with Coronel, just, just budget double game. It's a way because I'm like Mike, though. I, I don't know about that. Uh, so that's what I'm looking at for keepers. Defenders, again, I think you need to have somebody from Atlanta. Parkhurst 5.5 is definitely one of the easy budgets to get in there. Uh, 6.5 for Robinson, who's been doing so well right there if you want to go a little bit more expensive. I think you nailed it, guys, with uh, Pedroso, who is $5 million for D.C., is likely going to be in the starting lineup. That's the cheapest way into that team. Maybe Colorado? I don't I don't know. That's like a super punt flyer. There's several cheap guys over there. Colorado, Smith, and Vines, both value options, but they're going up against LAFC. It's a home game. I don't know. This may be a for if you're doing a strategy where you're going to take a punt on some four million players, put them on your your bench and see what happens. Oof, I don't know. That's that's a long shot. Just throwing it out there because we had people asking about the value defenders and there's. There's some guys in some of the single game weeks that that are that are cheap and could be starting, but just just be careful. Just be careful. Uh, we already mentioned Presnelli, uh, not too bad at five point five. One of the like I said, you got to expand your definition a little bit for five point five. And you mentioned San Jose, Matt, uh, with Lima gone, maybe Tommy Thompson, five point five. I don't know. He he could put in there. He's played a little bit in the back. I don't know. I'm kind of like you, though. It's 
I'm looking I'm looking more for some offensive options if I'm looking at San Jose than I really am for the defense. But we'll see. Uh, Vegas a great value. Maybe throwing Tommy Thompson there. So uh, if you're playing value building, I think that's what you want to look at. Just like Matt said, stick with home teams. Look for some of those values, and maybe you just go three guys in the back and just see what happens one switcheroo. Uh, am I crazy thinking about Colorado? Matt is just a, a crazy flying punt. I are you are you crazy? No, I would steer clear of it just because I have this greater thesis that I'm probably going to elaborate on on an article for Last Word or on holding the high line that I'm still kind of I'm not entirely sure if the uptick in Colorado's form were the additions they made at the end of the primary transfer window. Was it just new coach bump or is Connor Casey secretly an actual genius? And so I, you know, yeah. So I was kind of wondering that with the Vancouver game and there were a bunch of circumstances for and against them. that I think the game ultimately fairly ended up as a draw though. I think if, if, uh, if the official adds an extra 10 minutes of stoppage time, I think Vancouver finds a way to get a winner in this one, but I still think Jonathan Lewis is the main talisman for Colorado and the fact that he's probably not going to be well for them, even if, you know, well, I guess the, the U S are already through to the knockout round. So even if they lose to Panama tomorrow, um, you know, he's going to be with it. I still, I just, I have my doubts at the same time. We haven't really seen LAFC, you know, this will be just their second game all or third game all time at altitude. I'm probably steering clear of this matchup entirely just because there are better and more secure options that I have elsewhere. And I, I think there are other, there are better matchups I can find defensively for four and a half million elsewhere. So for those reasons, like this game's just a huge outlier and I don't want to touch it on either side of the ball. Yeah. I think, I think Blaine, your option with Zavaleta is probably a, a better way to go. If you've got an extra 4.4, just burn a hole in your pocket. So at least you get two shots at something right there. Let's move on to uh, midfielders. So uh, got a question to start out first, let you guys answer it as you take your turns. Do you think Pozuelo was rested for this double game week, Matt, kick us off. Um, I'm going to say yes, because you've got basically, you know, two six pointers for Toronto FC, you know, as opposed to playing a Western conference team that doesn't really matter from a playoff seating standpoint, you are playing against Atlanta United at home. And then you are also playing against DC United away. These are two very critical games that I think Toronto FC from a playoff standpoint absolutely needs in that one. I also just think Greg Vanny went there and thought, let's make it an ugly game and try and get out with a nil, no draw. And it didn't really work out. So I think he's definitely trying to go all guns blazes to try to get four points in this one and worst case scenario you know they're probably going to have Josie Altador you know after this week you know no more than one other game that they're losing but I would I I don't like him this week because of his price and because of the matchups and everything but I would expect Pozuelo to play at least a uh, 130 minutes this week who else do you like for this week um from a midfield standpoint yep Yes. Okay. So um, I don't know that I like his team overall, but I think tight air has been really, really fantastic with and without Ignacio Piatti for Montreal Impact. I think you've got a bunch of really cheap options for um, San Jose Earthquakes. I'm going for Espinoza, for example, who's only eight point. Oh, I think yeah, you cut a little bit there, Matt. So we'll move over to your, you, Blaine. Do you agree with what Matt said? Uh, are we still here with us, Matt? Had a little bit of of weird connection there when you were talking about Espinoza. Yes, I'm still here. All right, so Espinoza, cheap option, go. Hey, 
Yeah, so uh, in any case, um, I like uh, I. Yeah, Espinosa, I like him as a cheap option. Um, I'm going with Carlos Gill, but I think there's a bunch of really good cheap options for an England Revolution if you wanted to go with them. Um, and I'm probably still – it's going to depend on the budget as far as who's I go with. But, you know, I think between the two-headed monster you have in midfield for Atlanta United, you could go with either and probably be okay. Um, and I'd probably – if you're going for a single game week, I'd probably load up on somebody from Seattle Sounders, you know, playing on that Saturday against probably a very weary Vancouver Whitecaps. All right, uh, Blaine, do you agree with what Matt said about uh, Pozuelo, and who are you targeting this week? I'm a little more nervous about Pozuelo, but at the same at the same time, it's one of those matchups. There's enough teams that are kicking off around that same time. I think you can easily switch over to an Atlanta midfielder or something like that. But I am a little more nervous, but that first game is going to tell us a whole lot, especially being at home. If he plays, I'm going to stick with him. He's in my lineup currently. More to hold that 11. Um, yeah, this week is tough. There's there's quite a few good options for midfielders. Um, I think Carlos Gill is, has been on my shortlist. I think he's the first guy cut from my team based on value or price point. I just, He's too expensive when you have to have Pozuelo and probably have to have Valeri after that monster game. If you're building value, that's a good piece to add to your average even if you don't like these two fixtures as well that's still an incredible value piece to add to your team um i'm with matt though i like espinoza from san jose houston isn't going to be up to speed and that la game is just really tempting one of those rivalry games it can go either way uh, but you're looking for your points in that first one uh Pomacall's coming in for this week as well um again good a uh, good average to build on um Home game versus Vancouver is where I see a lot of the points coming on this one as well. And then it's been hard to fit it in, but I've got uh, Lucas Rodriguez for DC for the double home game. Um, I would I would rather have some other options here, but when you're starting to look at that eight million and under price range, uh, Rodriguez has a lot of upside and coming in at seven million here. That's a that's just a good value for the type of player he is. The ceiling there, especially against an Orlando team that's that's known to give up some goals against a Toronto team whose defense I have not been very high on this season. They've had some good results, but I think it's kind of masked how bad that defense can be. I think there's a lot of potential points here. Even if he doesn't deliver, I think it's worth the risk at that price point for this early in the season. You guys are making me rethink some of my midfield options right now. Uh, I'm going to go with Mike. Mike has sent in his, his four picks right here. Uh, he's got Gressel. He's got Reyna from uh, Vancouver. He's got Medunyanin, who's a $9 million now as a defensive midfielder. Th- those are more viable players during these double game weeks. Uh, and then he's got Montiero from Philadelphia. So he's rocking three Philly players right there. Uh, as for myself, uh, I think it got to be Valeri. You, you said it, Blaine, after that monster week there. I also have Gil from New England. I thought I was being a little sneaky with that pick, Matt. Uh, 0.11% ownership right now. He had a strong form going into the fall, and I think that is something that Arena is going to capitalize on or at least has caught on to better than Friedel has so or can maximize better. So I think I like Gil for this week. Paxton, yes, please, after what he's been doing. Uh, so I have him. Uh, I, I was debating about this other spot. I was looking for a cheaper guy who may work, uh, and I don't know. You guys are making a, a great – uh, argument for Rodriguez. I did. I did think about that. I was looking at um, El Sino from Philadelphia. He's got some great numbers, but horrible minutes. And so he's he's like one of those super subs 
right there. I, I kind of wanted like Memo Rodriguez for an option as well, uh, especially if maybe Houston gets some of the guys back, but that, that's a big if. Maybe you take a flyer on Nani. I don't really like that, but I think you guys have a lot of options. But like I said, you guys have made me want to re- rethink my team right now. I could and and maybe see if I can work in Rodriguez because having somebody from DC like that, I, I can really see the value right there. All right, let's move on to forwards. And I want each of you guys to answer this question again. Uh, Blaine will let you start this one. Is a one game Vela better than a two game anyone else? Blaine? If it was a home game, I would say yes, points wise, but no. They're on the road. Altitude is a killer for even the best of players. Vela could have an outstanding game. I'm not going to sit here and tell you Vela's going to have a bad game. Vela's probably going to end up on the Dream Team this week because it's Colorado. The problem with Vela is his price. I don't think you can take him at that price on the road this early in the game. And so Vela's a hard pass for me this week. All right. Who else do you have that's a hard yes? Um, I think Given the given current form and given some of the international absences, Wondolowski's the hard yes. I think the must own forward this week at eight million. That's a steal for the production he has given us over the last few weeks. Um, Got to look at it in a vacuum there, but the last the last little bit of production he has had and the way this team is playing at eight million, he is he is producing like a premium player over this stretch since he's become the starter again. I don't see how anybody can overlook a player like him at $8 million. I mean, I just can't understate that enough. $8 million is a steal. Have him in your team. If he goes off on this double game week, gets a couple of goals, he's going to get you that value rise you're looking for. A goal in each game will probably be enough to get you that value rise that you want and that you're looking for. Whereas a couple of the other options I've got, um, I'm flipping back and forth between two other guys as the more premium spot. I love Rooney in the double home game. I think the matchups are probably better. He's in my lineup right now. Um, Like I said, TFC's defense has been a little overrated in the stat sheets. I don't trust them to keep this up throughout these tough road games. And DC having the double home with Orlando, I think this is just prime matchup for him. But the other guy who's the benefit of who he's playing with is Fernandez out in Portland. Um, And I could see either one of those guys being viable. If this was later in the season, they would definitely both be in my lineup this week. But I can't afford both of them, and so I have to make the hard choices. I think Dallas has got the better defense. I think that road game in Montreal could be a little bit of a trap, even though I think Portland's going to win that one. Otherwise, it'd probably be Fernandez, but I'm going with Wando and Rooney up front this week. All right, Matt, do you agree with Blaine's analysis of Vela? And who are you picking? Um, on the picks, retweet favorite. Uh, I'm going with uh, Wayne Rooney and Chris Wondolowski, and I'm captaining Rooney this week. Uh, I don't think you can go with a better option. I think you could make an argument for that second striker being um, uh, Joseph Martinez. But if it's not Joseph Martinez and Wayne Rooney or Joseph Martinez and Chris Wondolowski, I want to see what you're doing in the midfield because I don't know where you're spending that budget better 
elsewhere. Um, in terms of Carlos Vela, I'm going with a pass on Carlos Vela on this one. And my reasoning behind that is Connor Casey has simplified things from a defensive standpoint for the Rapids and simply said, who's the most dangerous player on the other team? We are going to sell out to stop them and let anybody else beat us if we absolutely have to. Um, Federico Iguain a couple of weeks ago, um, who ended up getting hurt and tore his ACL and was out for the season in that game, did not have any room to work with in that game. He regularly had one of the two D-mids covering him and then one of the center backs in the immediate area. Um, Darwin Quintero a couple of weeks ago for Minnesota did not have a good game, and he regularly had two to three players around him. I would expect wherever Carlos Vela is on the field that he's being marked regularly. If that means that they're letting Christian Ramirez or an Adama Diamante have open looks, for example, like they will, like the Rapids will deal with that. I think they would rather give Diego Rossi five shooting opportunities on goal and nothing to Carlos Vela as opposed to giving them four and two, respectively. Yeah, that's very good. All right, let's take a look at Mike. Mike is going with Rooney and Martinez. So he's going big right there with those two players. Uh, I myself, I do not have Vela. I, I agree that I think this is a, a round where you can make that budget work better other places and away to Colorado. I think I think Matt said it great right there. Uh, I have Wando and I have Fernandez because I just like what Fernandez has been doing at home. I like this connection with Valeri and uh, Matt. My midfielder right now is Valeri Pomichol, Gil, and Montiero. But uh, uh, I'm making some changes as, as we talk about this show, so I'll have a little bit of budget. We'll see. But um, but yeah, that's that's uh, the two that I like right there. I, I think I still think Fernandez is a great a great option. I, I could see the the arguments for Rooney. I thought about trying to work in him as a third forward at one point in my team building thoughts. Maybe still will. We'll see. All right, let's wrap this up, boys. Right now with our captain picks, uh, Blaine. Who do you got? Um. I've got to ask Lily still. My gut was telling me go with Valeri, but I am looking at potentially switching to Rooney after all of this conversation. He was one of the last guys I put in my lineup, but the more I look at these two matchups, the more I think this is probably a huge chance for points. And I don't know if I want to miss it after having completely botched the first captain pick of the season. All right. Uh, and Matt, you're going with Rooney. You've already told us. Wayne Rooney. Wayne Rooney. Mike currently has it on Martinez, which I think is interesting. And uh, I have it on Valeri right now because, again, I feel like I botched the first captain pick. And I'm looking at that again for the double game week. We'll see. If you're listening, let us know right now. Who do you like for captain? Are you on Team Rooney? Let us know why at MLS Fantasy Boss, at MLSFI. Uh, let us know who you're thinking and why. And just in general, send me your questions. Just I, I write the uh, fantasy newsletter for MLS, and so send me your questions. What do you want to know about fantasy? Hard, simple, new, pro? Send me your questions. I, I write weekly articles. I put them in there. I answer questions uh, from Reddit and from Twitter. So send them out my way. I want to answer them. There's, there's like hundreds of you people who listen each week, hundreds of listeners. Surely there's a question. Let me know. All right, guys, that's all that we have for the show tonight. Thank you so much for joining me to uh, talk about what we're doing fantasy, and thank you so much for listening. Let's end this thing up with plugs. Blaine. Uh, nothing for me this week. All right, Matt. 
Uh, follow me on Twitter at LWS Matt Pollard. All of my written stuff's at lastfordonsoccer.com. And if you want all the down low on what's going on with the Rapids and how it's been happier in Burgundy land of late, uh, holding the high line with Rabbi in Red with me and the invenerable soccer underscore rabbi. And if you want simplified definitions of how oil cleanup works, you can also. <laughs> yes. Up, as he gave to us before the show started. Some literal hot takes. Exactly. As for myself, you can find what I do and others on my team over at MLSFantasyBoss.com. You can also head over to r slash fantasy MLS, the Reddit subreddit group where lots of conversation and ideas get shared right there. Uh, you can check me out each week, like I said, in my weekly MLS newsletter, the fantasy newsletter you can subscribe to. Just search newsletters over at, at MLSsoccer.com, as well as uh, you can catch me on Sirius XM with Jason Davis. Usually not during double game weeks because those are pretty crazy, but I'm, I'm on for most of the other times chatting fantasy with him over there. Thank you so much, everyone listening tonight. I hope it has helped you at least narrow down your thinking for this double game week. Good luck. <laughs>